You're listening to Sibling Talk, commentary from a progressive point of view. Now here are your hosts, John Paulette and Mary Jo Tumer. Hello, I'm John Paulette. And I'm Mary Jo Tumer. Mary, you know, I think we talked about this, that uh, the House Committee is not revealing the names of congresspersons who sent those tweets uh, there. That, they're keeping that secret. Uh, so none of us know. Now, the House Committee knows, and you know, somebody else knows who those people were. The six congresspeople who sent those messages, they know that they're their messages. And they also perhaps need to wonder what else is in uh, Mark Meadows' 6,000 pages. Because if I had to guess, uh, those little tweets that Liz Cheney uh, uh, read, read off, I think that's just a little bitty teaser. And there's a whole lot more stuff. What, what do you think? Is Congressman Jim Jordan kind of being poopy pants right now? Um, well, yeah, because I think the New York Times knows. Didn't, uh. didn't they reveal Jim Jordan, and then he fessed up to one. But I thought, oh, my God. So now I'm, like, having, like, a brain freeze moment. Um, uh, Gomert... Um, Perry, I think, Perry, is one yeah. of the guys uh, yeah. there. I'm assuming Gosar is in there somewhere, but I don't, I don't know that for sure. Yeah, so it, I think Gomer, Perry, um, um, oh my gosh, you're right, Jim Jordan, we know that. Um, but whoever these dudes are, they have to be, like you say, just absolutely... Um, terrified because one thing that seems pretty clear from me for um, to me is that it's not um, this committee is not playing games, right? I mean, they're they're you're going to get some um, um, not just the referrals on prosecutions, comply with subpoenas. But it seems like they're talking in terms of criminal violations. And how long is it the Justice Department, FBI, can sit on its hands and not start to do criminal investigations? Because even if you're not going to investigate for treason, there's that other statute that Liz Cheney keeps talking about, which is interfering with, you know, the rightful... um, The official act of Congress, right. Exactly. And that's clear they were trying to do. They're not even embarrassed about that. No. So, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no. I mean, so I, I just I just think if it were me, if I were any one of those guys, and there may be more, I would be crapping my pants. I, I would think so. And, you know, I think they may have gotten lulled into a sense of complacency that uh, this whole investigation and uh, didn't really take off. But I'd like to point something out to them. Watergate, I'm going to say from my memory, for 
year, year and a half or more, did not grab the public consciousness. And here's something I'd put up as proof on, on that. There was an election with Richard Nixon that was held after Watergate and after a lot of information was already already out. And Nixon won one of the most overwhelming landslide victories uh, in the history of the, the country. This kind of dawdled along. And then in January of next year is when uh, Judge Sirica uh, pressed the you know Hunt and the other conspirators to actually put out their statement. It still kind of sat there on CBS News and the New York Times and the Washington Post. But then when there were televised hearings, everybody in the country caught on to it. And then things changed, I think, in a radical way. And I think that's what's going to happen here. I do, too. I think and I think I told you that uh, Benny Thompson was saying that the hearings will be, you know, late spring. Uh, I'm, you know, uh, late first quarter, early spring. And um you know, that could be really a game changer because even in Watergate, you had the chief of staff went to jail, right? Right. People went to jail. So it's not as if there isn't precedent. No, chief of staff did. The attorney general uh, did. The chief domestic uh, advisor, Ehrlichman, uh, went to jail. Uh, The White House counsel, John Dean. uh, I mean, you know the only guy who didn't go to jail in that whole group, Roger Stone. Yeah, yeah, and he may he may escape jail again this time. <laughs> oh, he's a slimy guy, but but it's interesting because um, these you know participants. I'm going to use a kind word. I think their defense is going to be like we really thought the election was stolen, and we're patriots, and we were just doing what. Um, you know, what, what needed to be done to protect the Constitution. And no one is going to believe that, John, because one, I don't think they believed it, that, that Biden hadn't won. And two, even in a close call like that, we know what the precedent is, which is that we abide by the vote of, of the electors, which Congress then certifies. So if the state sends the electors, whether you like it or not, like Florida did in the Bush v. Gore, then that's it. You've got to live with it. I mean, yeah, I, I think it absolutely is. But I think you have to add to that, okay, you think you have a real problem, a real concern, go to court. And they, I think, 60 times. And right. time after time. All of the times there was one minor little technical issue in Pennsylvania, and outside of that, the court said nothing here. This the attorney general, a close ally of Donald Trump's, William Barr, I'm talking about, looked at it, and the Justice Department didn't said nothing here. Guys, at some point, you have to say, I don't know. I mean, I know Sidney Powell's telling me something else. But there's nothing here, certainly nothing to go in and storm the Capitol and try and overturn an election. Right. And to that point, for them to act like, well, that's not what Trump meant. 
and oh gosh, I don't know how that thing got out of hand. You know, you and I have talked about this over the last week or so. A lot of insiders, people that have been in the White House, have said that if um, that was really a spontaneous uh, demonstration that just got out of hand, Trump would have been in a secured location that a Secret Service would never let him be roaming around the White House if they weren't sure whether or not that, you know, band of knuckleheads was coming after the president, if it was Antifa or whatever, they if they didn't know. But clearly, they knew. Because he was, you know, just running around watching TV in the White House. I mean, when Black Lives Matter protested in D.C., they had him down in a secure location. And there was no indication that Black Lives Matter was going to attack the White House. So I think that as the evidence comes out, and of course it is coming out in, you know, sometimes in a floodgate and sometimes in drips, I think it's pretty clear that um, when they knew what was going on and they were still trying to undermine the will of the people by keeping Trump in power. And that, my friend, people need to go to jail for. They do. And I, listen, I want to follow up uh, what I'm going to call Mary Jo's Secret Service Theory, uh, <laughs> there, which I think is a good one. But I think it's absolutely the case that the Secret Service knows on the inside what's going on, what's planned, everything. They're, you know, nobody's closer to uh, uh, to the president than that. And we give you an old uh, occurrence there, but it seems to support that. Remember back uh, during the Monica Lewinsky, Lewins, Lewinsky, right? Yeah. Uh, episode. And there was a period of months, we've kind of forgotten this, when Bill Clinton was denying it. I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Miss Lewinsky, remember all that? Right. And, and a fair no one of, asked him, by the way, whether he had sexually harassed her. Yeah, Whole different yeah. question. Didn't mm -hmm. come up. And a fair amount of the country uh, believed him and said, you know, the guy says he didn't. Uh, she's just a young thing. Would he have really done that? Would he have done it in the Oval Office? There was a fair amount of debate uh, that, that went on. I had an employee who had earlier worked for the Secret Service in his career. He's an older guy, I think retired from there. And do you remember the video that was played over and over again when Clinton walked out, I think like into the Rose Garden, and there's a gathering of White House uh, uh, staffers out there, and Monica leans over and gives him a hug. And, you know, he goes and then he moves on to the next one. My associate said, to me, that proves that not only did he have some close relationship, the Secret Service knew it. Because if anybody leans over and grabs the president, they put him on the ground. Absolutely. Mm. And But they knew, nope, these two are close. I, I don't know if it's the exact parallel, but it, I feel like in the case of January 6th, the Secret Service knew, no, what's going on up there, it's the president's deal with the president's people and the president supported because any other sensible thing says grab POTUS 
and get him into a secure location. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, I mean, that's all information that I think will come out. And that's just more, more shame on the Secret Service. But, you know, in terms of the guys who really were the planners, um, the enablers, you know, the Mark Meadows, the, the at least six guys in Congress, and it could be more, um, then, you know, they have, they have to be held accountable because if they aren't, then what does that say about the future of the Republic? You know, can we ever have an election again where we're like, eh, don't like the results, but I guess we live with it because the next time if Biden loses, then I say, well, let's just go to Congress and storm the place and beat some cops up. Um, I mean, why not? Because that's just what one does. And, um, you know, see whether or not we can uh, kill Kamala Harris. I mean, why not? Yeah. If, that's if, basically what they did. And they're acting like it was nothing nothing at all yeah it was a set of tourists going you know walking through if if we do that if we start with the capital mary uh, will you paint your face and put horns on and wear that coat <laughs> it's that, not that. exactly my look but okay if i have to do it i'll do it okay. because when we, because otherwise it's kind of a ridiculous thing to think about. It's like, you know, all of us with our Birkenstocks, you know, our North Face jackets. And, <laughs> and our, our NPR tote bags, <laughs> which we put in a fundraiser coffee mug in, and we come up to the police line and say, did you make a donation to public radio? I don't think so. And we swing it. <laughs> oh, my God. And they say, well, could you really, you know, have Biden be recertified? And if you want, I mean, if that's the way, if that's what you think is best. If you think so, <laughs> you know, whatever. You know, we're here. We hate doing fundraising drives, but it's important. But you know, so John, it's funny because this, um, assuming that more and more the stuff is going to come out, the hardcore MAGA people, they, they're not going to care. But I just wonder whether the marginal, you know, the, the Republicans who think, well, I'll vote for Trump or I'll vote for Republican, better Republican than a Democrat, whether they then wake up and say, wow, this is super dangerous. And so we have the Democratic Party and the non-Democratic Party. That's yeah. the only two parties we have here. And if we're going to save the democracy... I'm going to have to hold my nose on some of this policy stuff. And the Democrats never get anything done anyway, so it doesn't matter. And, you know, and, and let's find some stasis here and get rid of these people who want to destroy the fundamental principle of democracy, which is the voters get to pick their leaders. The leaders don't pick their voters. The voters pick their leaders. And if we can't do that in 2022 and 24. We're in a shitload of trouble because as much as we're laughing about the Democrats doing that, they would never do that. We would never do that. Nobody uh, did that when, you know, I mean, can you imagine when when uh, Bush was certified? Yeah. Like a bunch of Democrats are going and rushing the Capitol. I, uh, I, just, I mean, I was pissed, but I can't imagine that happening. 
So the it the the um um the stuff that's coming out is really interesting. Like McConnell says, oh, it's interesting. But more than interesting, it's really frightening because things were worse than we thought. I have a slogan we can all chant instead of stop the steal. Hmm. What do you think about putting in to the purloining? <laughs> oh, my God. Thank God we're out of time. Yeah, bye. <laughs> bye. Sibling Talk is a JMP production. Theme song by David Paulette.